I want to look at a, a question today on business ethics and it's one that you may not be expecting because it includes the word globalization. So here's the question. Globalization widens the exploitation of human beings by reducing the need for ethically valid regulation of business behavior. Discuss. And remember that when we're faced with a question we may not be expecting, we need to find a point of attack. And here it's the phrase perhaps widening the exploitation of human beings, which we need to explore expand upon, discuss, and make crystal clear. So what exactly is business ethics? And what exactly is globalization? Well, business ethics is simply ethical principles as they apply to business corporations. And therefore we could take any ethical theory, but in our syllabus, we are invited to consider two. One is Kantian ethics and one is utilitarian ethics. But of course, in this question, we don't have an ethical theory mentioned. So we have to attack it in a slightly different way. And in 1992, Roland Robertson, a professor at Aberdeen University, and an early writer on globalization, defined it as this, the compression of the world and the intensification of the consciousness of the world as a whole. And David Held, in his book Global Transformations, published in 1999, said this, in its simplistic sense, globalization refers to the widening, deepening, and speeding up of global interconnection. So we need to consider this word exploitation. And of course, exploitation can occur in a number of ways. Economic slavery, low wages in third world country, environmental degradation, starvation, and even war, where elites are fighting to expropriate the profits of cheap labor. And starvation occurs and, uh, when countries move from producing food crops to what is called cash crops. That's crops they can sell for export. And economic degradation occurs where forests, for example, are cut down to plant palm oil trees, for example, in Borneo, where there are poor health and safety laws, as we find perhaps with the oil industry in Nigeria, or where multinationals dump toxic waste in poor countries, such as we discovered in the Trafigura T-R-A-F-I-G-U-R-A case study in August 2006, which you can find on the PEPED website in the handout on business ethics. Now, ethically valid regulation of business, that phrase in our question, might include applying cost-benefit analysis to a globalised world, where all economic costs are properly calculated, including human costs and environmental costs. Or we could perhaps apply Kantian principles such as that of universalizing one's action or prohibiting the treatment of people as simply a means to an end. In this case, the end is profit for shareholders, usually located in a country very far away, 
rather than an end in themselves with dignity, rights and corresponding duties on producers and governments to protect those rights. Now, because the costs of globalisation are transnational, they cross national boundaries. No individual government can regulate the business behaviours that result in exploitation. So in our question, when we talk about reducing the need for ethically uh, valid business regulations, the problem is there isn't really a transnational organisation that can enforce any rules of business, and we rely on domestic governments to prosecute uh, countries, uh, companies rather where necessary, where they believe that they have violated the rights of, for example, a country in Africa. And again, look at the Trafigura case study, and you'll find that they incurred certain fines for their behaviour in dumping toxic waste in a third world, in a, an African country. Now we need to demonstra demonstrate analysis and evaluation and defenders of globalisation argue that countries are benefited by globalisation because it provides jobs and hence income that would not otherwise exist. And this idea of course can be criticised and scholars such as Helena Norberg Hodge, that's hyphenated, N-O-R-B-E-R-G hyphen Hodge, have argued that globalisation impo impoverishes some countries and enriches others, and in fact, therefore increases global inequality, which of course is itself a moral evil. Now there's a hypothesis called the pollution haven hypothesis, hypothesis and it argues that when large industrialised nations seek to set up factories or offices abroad, they will often look for the cheapest option in terms of resources and labour that offers the land and material access they require. And so again, back to our case studies, what companies tend to do is to offload, for example, their toxic waste in the place where it will cost them the least. And of course, that is the place where it is most likely, like in the Trafiguri case study, the Ivory Coast, there is less likely to be health and safety regulations protecting the health of local people. However, one of the biggest successes of environmental cooperation has been agreement to, re to reduce chlorofluorocarbon emissions, CFC emissions, which increased the ozone hole above the Antarctic. And particularly, you might look at the Montreal Protocol of 1997, showing that in a globalised world, we can act together, and it's had a major impact in avoiding further enlargement of that ozone hole. Now Oxfam has argued that poor people are often excluded from globalisation opportunities, I quote from one of their reports, by a lack of productive assets, weak infrastructure, poor education and ill health. However, other scholars such as Stephen Wiseman, spelt W-I-E-S-M-A-N, have argued for a moral case for globalisation. I quote, 
Those in the bottom third of the world's population, except for the very poor who earn as little as $1.25 a day, have become significantly better off. And he concludes, I quote again, there is an essential moral value undergirding the global economy. After all, economic liberty and the right of consumers to buy and the right of investors to produce goods where they want. You might look and Google and find out what you can about the textile industry uh, to evaluate whether this Wiseman quote is really valid because there's an argument that companies such as Primark use very cheap labour in other countries such as Bangladesh and Pakistan to produce the products that you and I consume at an incredibly low price. And the health and safety conditions in these companies in other countries are really inadequate to protect worker safety. As well, of course, the issues of uh, very, very low wages. So it doesn't alter the truth of the proposition that we may still need stronger global regulation and cooperation to curb some of the excesses of globalisation and the ethical wrongs of exploitation of workers and the environment. So rather than reducing the need, as the question suggests, globalisation actually, we might argue, increases the need for such regulation while as yet not providing us with the will or the mechanism to provide such regulation. Now you can find handouts and extracts from various writers on this subject in the Business Ethics part of the PEPED website.